the face acting in this episode is beyond belief for me, Kaylee. We, I think I noticed it the most on Gus because he didn't. He had lines, but I feel like he could have had more. But he was doing such good face acting that he also still kept his presence like very much <laughs> in every scene he's in. I I can like I I feel like once or twice an episode you and I say like oh and that face that they made like it was so perfect or you know that face that was just saying something specific but I found myself writing face acting and that face in my notes so many times this episode and I'm trying to remember if this is like the beginning or if it's just the the tone of this episode that's creating so much face acting. I really can't remember what, like, the next few episodes will bring. Oh, because I know we have noticed it in the past. I know it's, like, an ongoing thing. We should say, also, the references to everything. We're talking wrestling. We're talking military movies. We're talking stuff that these other people are in. Like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. There's, a, like... A, there's a really fun um, kind of guest star reference that we'll get to a little bit later, but um, it's it's so much as like at one point Sean goes, "Good boy, Lassie." I died. Just like that's so funny. I just paused so that I could cackle. Like I usually pause when I need to make a note, but I I just laughed and laughed. I love it. But yeah, this solid, solid episode. Um, we were talking pre-recording and Kaylee, you had mentioned that you didn't really remember this episode. Yeah, not much about it. Not not any details, just like the jet ski moment and the the angry moment. That's all. That's all I had. I remembered most, if not all of it. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I didn't remember who the bad guy was. Yeah, definitely not. Like, that's completely... It, it, and it's also superfluous. Like, nobody cares who the, right, the actual no. bad guy is. Yeah. There's <laughs> a big old twist. Get ready, everybody. Uh, shall we talk about that in the show? It's showtime. This is... To the Blueberry! I am Alexis, and I am a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. And this is a Psych Rewatch podcast, where we rewatch the episodes of Psych and talk about them, uh, sharing, you know, our favorite moments, our favorite quotes, our favorite connections, our favorite pop culture references, um, and then most importantly, just spending some QT together. Oh yeah, oh yeah, all the quality time necessary for long distance best friends <laughs> yes this episode is season four episode 10 you can't handle this episode which is a reference to a few good men ah uh, i'm so happy Nicholson. you knew I, i'm <laughs> thankful you knew what the movie was because i knew it was a you can't handle the truth reference but i i couldn't tell you what that movie was yep yeah it's it's actually it's about a marine i believe who gets killed by some other marines in that movie Ooh. Foreshadowing much. It is 1989, and Henry is getting on Lil Baby Sean because Lil Baby Sean is on the couch watching TV. 
and it is well past noon and he is still in his PJs and I'm here for it. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is why we as adults, many of us say we need three full days off because we need one day of utter rotting and just doing nothing, staying in our PJs, actually recuperating. One day of like, you know, being productive and getting the things done we need to get done on the weekend when we're not at work. And then one day of like, activities <laughs> yeah like like spending time with people and and getting our family together. yeah no i totally agree yeah. that would be nice <laughs> um i just wrote lazy sean tv join the army ad yeah henry said look at everything they get to do while you're laying here slacking off what does that commercial make you want to do when you grow up go into advertising it's a really catchy jingle seriously i can't get it out of my head I just wrote, Henry fails to enliven, and as revenge, steals the blanket off of Sean. It's a very dad move. We come into present day, and we start with a um, body hanging. Now, we should say, up up top, um, there is some talk about um, suicide, possible suicide, or suspected suicide. So, like, you know, trigger warning, um, spoiler alert. It's not. We'll find that out in this scene. <laughs> but And I kept calling it 11.44. So. I wrote that. Yeah, that's what I kept writing. So, we like, in, in episode, that's how we refer to it, because that's the Santa Barbara police code for it is 11.44. Lassie thinks that it's probably an 11.44. We find out that the manager of the hotel found the body this morning, but it's likely that the body had been there for at least like 20 hours yeah time of death is is placed at around 20 hours ago it's a john doe um and then all of a sudden kind of off to the side we see abigail leaning against a wall with sean and she's like you know when i said i wanted to spend time with you it's not really what i had in mind sean's like i'm just gonna solve it really quickly and then we can go about our date um he immediately notices that the bracket on the door is off a little bit. And so he psychs out on the door jam, and then um, Lassiter, I mean, as soon as Sean says, it's not an 1144, it was murder. He's feeling like this man was not alone in this hotel room when he died. Lassiter's like, excuse me, did you bring a a, a date to my crime scene? He also told Sean to zip it, um, which is something that he brings back later as well, which I, not this episode, but later in general is very funny. (laughs) And uh, he's like, Spencer, why don't you zip it and let me assess what's going on here before you turn it into a psychic crap fest? Yeah, everyone's a little, like, given some pause when he says crap fest. Um... But Sean, in an aside to Gus, is like, dude, come on, the chair's forward. If he had, you know, actually been in 1144, it's much more likely that it would have been knocked backwards. This is remedial stuff. He's about to tell Lassiter, and Lassiter's like, "Uh, I already think that something fishy might be going on. Look at the position of the chair. And that's when Sean goes, good boy, Lassie. Lassiter is so enraged by this, but I, again, had to pause just to laugh about it and not miss more of the episode. Well, the enrage came through a face. This is the beginning of the face acting. <laughs> the Irish face acting. 
the body does not have any form of identification, but in Sean's psychic moment, he notices that there is something caught up in his throat. And he's like, check the throat. There's something there. I can't talk because my throat is full. And well, it's he a starts making tag. choking no- noises that like yeah. makes everyone like really disturbed. It's, as soon as he sees the dog tags, Laster goes, crap. It's a military crime. Now, before we get like into this episode and what it brings, like immediately I was like, oh, well, this is going to cause jurisdiction issues. <laughs> <laughs> Which it does. <laughs> I mean, they really don't dive into that that much. People are pretty loosey-goosey in this episode, but there is protocol. And, like, it, it just, they don't go into it as much here as they did in, like, past episodes with, like, mm-hmm. the water jurisdiction with Chief's sister and stuff. Right. And then, like, the sheriff, the county sheriff versus the city limits in oh, the... Yeah. so Old Sonora. Old Sonora episode, yeah. Um, Juliet might know somebody who can help. I wrote, I might know a guy. <laughs> it's... Freaking John Cena. I wrote, cut to John Cena running, just casually leaping over things. <laughs> um, he is in a chase scene, and there's very chase scene type music going on. There are two thugs following him, and while he's running across the beach, he gets a call from Juliet, and we find out his name is Ewan. Ewan O'Hara. And he goes... Hey, little sis. Like, he's very bright and bubbly, even though he's being chased by these thugs with guns shooting at him. And she's like, sorry, did I catch you at a bad time? He goes, I'm never too busy for you. I'm just cleaning out the inbox. Hey, do you mind if I give you a call back in just a minute? (laughs) It's ridiculous. He steals someone's jet ski. He drives off into the sunset. The phone rings, and the first thing we hear after he's like, oh, hey, sis, I called you back, was, hello, Alpha 4, this is not your sister. All I wrote was, like, mission accomplished, and whatever, John Cena's like, I should be at your locale by 1600. America wins! (laughs) Like, I died a little bit of that that quote. You're a credit to your country, Alpha 4. Um, so, and when when creepy voice guy is talking, we kind of get this zoom in on Ewan's Department of Defense ID. Yes. So then Julia gets a call back, and she sort of quickly explains the case to Ewan. She's like, yeah, we, we've got this case, and it might be an 1144, but we won't really know if it's an 1144. It's kind of not feeling just like that. And do you know any reason why someone would swallow their dog tags? Ewan said it was a symbol of shame. Um, and while he's talking to her about it, he runs over someone's um, water skiing line. And then he calls it a disgraceful act, especially for someone in the military. So they would swallow their tags um, as a symbol of shame. And then invites Juliet out to dinner. No big deal. Wait, you're in the country? I'm in the city. I don't know what he actually says. He's like, I'm headed towards Santa Barbara now. Yeah. Uh, I should be good for dinner around or floating into shore around nine ish i think he says yeah now this is a fun fact that um that amazon gave me there's a lot of military fun facts but one of them is that um a soldier would not swallow their dog tags because if they swallowed their dog tags they would choke and die Uh uh-huh 
So, uh, the fact that he swallowed his dog tags is actually a symbol that he somebody else shoved it down his throat. Because he wouldn't be able to swallow them and then hang himself. If the noose was already around his neck, and the choking made him stop holding himself up on his feet... Yeah. Okay, I'm getting way too into logistics here, but yeah. I yeah, I had also never heard that, so I was like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> we do get, we get a, a full, full credits here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back to the Santa Barbara Police Department, where Ewan is telling the story about carrying a camel. I didn't get most of it, but Gus is enamored with him. Everyone's enamored with him. There's a sandstorm. We're in Dubai. 19 clicks from anime lines. I'm trying to grab the hindquarters, and I still have, and I say, guys, we're just gonna have to carry this camel the rest of the way. And everyone's smiling during this entire little story end, and then everyone just like busts out laughing, and Gus is like so extra, and then Sean is just like awkward, polite laughing, and then like he's mm-hmm. just, he's just so awkward. I hate this whole part so much. Sean goes, uh, I mean, maybe your story's a little bit exaggerated. Believe me, I do the same thing. And I was just like, did you just admit that you lie all the time there, Sean? Believe me, I do the same thing. But Ewan is like, I left out most of the really crazy stuff. I don't want to blow anybody's mind. Like, he's so affable and just sort of like, I wasn't bragging. I'm too charming and cute. (laughs) Ewan's like, oh, but Sean, tell me about you. I hear so great things about you. You're you're amazing. And um, Sean is like super happy to hear that Juliet has talked to her brother about him. But he goes, you you, you talked about me? What, what did you say? And she says, I just told him that you're prophetic. What? <laughs> you're prophetic. <laughs> as in prophet-like. It's... Not as in pathetic. so ewan says um i'm really interested in your type of police work and ewan's like yeah sure i'm all like nitty-gritty and and you know into the, the the action of it but you're on a higher level man gus is like oh hey what's juliet said about me plenty but if i told you i'd have to kill you and like the face acting where he just like goes like full serious at the end after being yep. so like light and like chummy. So funny. Uh, they're telling a family. He starts telling like a family story about noogies. And then he literally grabs his 30 something year old sister and starts giving her a noogie. Um, but Juliet is just so genuinely excited that her big brother is home. She's squealing. She's like, no, you didn't. And he's like picking her up a little bit. And then he does the claw, like from Liar Liar. Like, it's crazy. But it's it's really cute. It's legit. It's like if you had, if you had a really sweet, protective, like role model-y older sibling, it's the vibe. It's very cute. I'm very on board with their dynamic. Yeah. Lassiter is like, uh, is that a Walker PPK on your ankle? Good eye, detective. It is. Are you licensed to carry in this state? You know, Lassie's kind of joking. Yeah. (laughs) Licensed to carry on the planet. (laughs) It's one of 11 weapons on my person. Anyone want to find where they're all hidden? Oh my god. And then (laughs) there's like no real segue, but Juliet's like, ooh, the autopsy. They said that there's a neck fracture that 
was probably not caused by the hanging. Ewan's kind of impressed that Sean was right about it not being in 1144. And they're about to go to the base to find out more about the victim. And uh, Juliet invites Ewan along with them. At the base gate, the guard is like, hey, no civilians allowed. And okay, I should say, this is an army base, we find out. Um, the and guy they who don't died... actually call them bases. Oh, do they not? Nope, there's another word for it. Uh... So I'm by, I, I'm right by like um, a marine base and it is a base. Mm-hmm. Marines call them bases. Oh, this was another like inconsistency that I, that I read about, but I can't remember what they call them. Shoot. All right, just, well, I'll just cut all this out. Never That's mind. That's really weird. I didn't know it was an, an army base. They call um, them like planks or forts or Oh, it might ports. be a fort. Army posts are called forts. Posts. That's what they call them. When you're posted, but they're also called forts. An installation is also another word. It can be a military ba- base, camp, post, station, yard, center, home port, facility, or any ship or other. So an installation is also... What? Eh, interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, we call them we, we call them bases around where my parts, but it mm. is really intimidating getting on base. Um, oh, I'm when sure. You, yeah, like there are people who like just have like the right IDs and they just like hand them over and it's all hunky dory. But like, I have to get like a special advanced pass to let them know that I'm like a temporary visitor who's been given like it's a whole thing, and I'm just like, okay, I just. Uh- <laughs> All Lassie, your Lassie and his uh, and his badge are not enough clearance to get on the base. And Sean said, "I got you, Lassie." And then he calls the private at the at the window, um, Gomer, which is a reference to Gomer Pyle, which is both a reference to Gomer Pyle the movie, like Gomer Pyle USMC. And also Full Metal Jacket, where they called D'Onofrio's character Gomer Pyle. I don't know if that was his real name in the movie, but I just because I won't watch that movie. But um, Sean says, <clears throat> I am the Paraguayan ambassador, and this is my attache, Guy Buttersnaps, a.k.a. The Heater. We have brought a large ornamental fruit basket filled with all kinds of native delicacies. Is attache... I thought we decided an attaché with a was a brief, briefcase. There is an attaché case, but I think like a attaché. Hold on, it's I like do a person think as well. it is a person. Attaché, a person on the staff of an ambassador, typically with a specialized area of responsibility. There are military attachés. Also. It's short for attaché case. So it's like a case that an attaché would be carrying, possibly. Ah, okay, okay. Yes. Um, Guy Buttersnaps, though. That's a, that's an iconic. And they say it 50 million times in this episode. It will not die as a nickname I for love Gus. <laughs> um, Ewan's like, dudes, whatever. And he hands over his... Um, his clearance form id and it is that dodts clearance as we hear from gomer now i'm i'm not trying to undermine what a dodts is a a department of defense top secret is a legit 
thing, but like I know at least two people personally who have DODTSs. So I'm not sure like they, they make it sound like this is a, a huge deal because if you go around waving your clearance, that comes up a little bit later from creepy guy on the creepy voice guy, but like like I I know I personally know people who have these. Oh no, I know three people who have these. So like I just I don't know. It seems like a weird inconsistency for me. I think it only comes into play when they are in places where that clearance level matters. Yeah. And when they're hanging out with civvies like us, <laughs> it's not really no big deal. <laughs> like <laughs> I see DOD like IDs all day every day and I'm just like, yeah. da da da, that's fine. That's a form of government issued ID. I could take that. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, okay, so they got, they get in on, they get on through the gate, and suddenly we are face to face with the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Also <laughs> known Robert as Patrick. Robert Patrick, uh, whose name in this episode is Major General Feltz. Now, uh, here was the fun connection that I made literally as Kaylee and I were talking before the episode. Robert Patrick plays, um, the father of John Cena in what's that peacemaker thank you john cena plays peacemaker he plays peacemaker's father and i was like i knew i knew that guy from somewhere but i couldn't realize figure out where that was that was exactly where it's from so um major general Feltz. okay um, what i just kept thinking of in this in this scene with the whole major general thing is the fact that Dooley hill was on um the West Wing, and there's like a whole running thing about musical theater, and like the he's the very model of a modern major general, and like it, how annoying I found that. But like when they just say major general, and they get like so much joy out of it, it kept bringing it back. Um, but Major General Phelps wants Ewan to explain to these civilians that this is a military matter. Excuse you. Ewing kind of stands up for his sister and he said, these people are just here to do their due diligence, just like you have. Um, and Lassie's like, dude, you this didn't happen on the base, so it's not a military manner, matter. And then Juliet's like, also, we should probably tell you it's probably a murder. And the general says, yes, and I assure you there will be a thorough base investigation on this. And Lassiter, I just wrote... Blah, blah, we could haggle over jurisdiction, which you and I both know is murky at best. So why don't you just give us the... It was at this point that Kaylee's mic dropped out completely. Sean says, Major General. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you have, Sean? I got nothing. I just like saying that. Those two words, those two words in sequence, Major General... Again, face acting, Lassie's face here is just so embarrassed that Sean would even say that. And Gus doesn't really understand, but Sean tells him to try it. He tries it. He likes. And it's all face acting. Like <laughs> In comes Lieutenant Wallach. I just wrote young guy because we don't really get his name yet. I don't know how I figured out his name here, but I wrote down Lieutenant Wallach. Maybe I looked on, um, maybe I looked on the credits. Possible. I was gonna say they we all find have out, like little 
little badgy yeah. things on their outfits. Oh, maybe I maybe I did that. Uh, the parents of Stark, the 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 gentleman who had died. Um, his name is Stark. I don't know his first name. Can we call him Tony? Is it not Kevin? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Let's do Tony. He's Tony. Tony Stark. Um, <laughs> while it comes in, the parents of Stark are coming to get his stuff. We hear what my caption's called a twinkle sound, and it's Sean's phone ringing. And it's Abigail, and he goes, oh, this is kind of weird. We're at this strange phase of a relationship, and I really, I don't really know how to navigate it. And at some point, he makes a dumb joke, which I did not write down because it's a dumb joke, and we don't need to write it down. And he's like, oh, don't worry, everyone. It's gone to voicemail. Major General's face here is a face of sheer annoyance. <laughs> um, but before they pack up, Lassiter and Juliet would like to look through the belongings uh, and retrace his steps, including his work assignments. Which makes it the motor pool. So Feltz is like, ugh, fine. Oh, I think it's where he says Wallach will escort you to, you know, the private's chambers. And Gus and Sean, like, call dibs on the motor pool. Motor pool? That's us. Dude, <laughs> be all that you can be. What? <laughs> Thank you and then for they ask that. for a Hummer and a corncob pipe. I get the Hummer. I don't get the corncob pipe. Me neither. But okay. maybe it's something to do with Gomer Pyle? If you get that reference, please let us know what it is at tothebluberrypodcast at gmail.com. So we go down to the motor pool, and Ewan uh, introduces uh, Sean to the soldier, and then introduces Gus as Guy Buttersnaps. And Gus is like, seriously? That's not your real name, is it? And the way John Cena's face freezes and falls. Oh, so perfect. We find out that Juliet has never actually talked about Gus before. Sean is like vibing and Ewan asks, how does this whole psychic detective thing work? And he's like, that's like asking the Egyptians how they built their pyramids. Or how Yo-Yo Ma makes music that sounds like heaven. Would you ask Iron Mike Sharp why he felt the need to shower for more than 90 minutes after wrestling for less than 10? And so this is a, this is a WWE reference. What I don't know is if that 10-minute wrestling match was with John Cena. Oh, yeah. But wouldn't that be clever if it was? Wouldn't that be clever? Yeah. Um, Sean says, it's not science. What is this? Yeah, he's climbing onto a tank. Uh, Gus says, that's an armored personnel carrier. Sean's like, no, no, no. I, I knew that, obviously. I mean, in the greater sense. What is this? Well, he's being, uh, you know, prophetic, if you will. Um, not pathetic. He sees the board where Stark's name is listed. And um, he kind of starts psyching out and says that Private Stark was lazy. Uh, there was something going on. But then the other one was like, no, no, no. He was the model private. And Sean's like, well, uh, maybe he signed out of work last Monday and instead went to dinner? You might be getting DNR. That's did not report. And that's only okay if he was injured or sick or had a meeting with a superior. Ewan gets a call and excuses himself. And we get um creepy voice guy. Who we never identify later. 
uh, never gets identified, but we get creepy voice guy on the um, other line, and he's like, where are you? Uh, He says, what are you doing on the base? Um, I'm on vacation, if uh, that's what you're asking. Why are you calling me? I didn't write down a whole lot of this. I just wrote question mark, question mark, assignment, find bad guy, and take out slash cover up, question mark. Yeah, you've got yourself an assignment. He wants him to uncover the bad seed on the base and take care of it. Um, all the while, Sean and Gus are pretending to dump one, dump stuff on one another from a dump truck. It's, I think it's like a missile carrier, and it just like raises up, or, or like maybe it's like a lot. I don't know what this is, you guys, but they're playing fools with an armored vehicle, and pretty soon an army guy comes over and just tells them they're idiots. But and Ewan, I, I think I think that was there to show us why Ewan doesn't have much faith in Sean and Gus from the beginning. Well, like he, he sees also, them acting a fool, and he's like, all oh, these you know, idiots, what, what are they going to be able to do? Well, not just that. I think it's kind of like, oh, well, now that my assignment means, like, I have to keep things from them, this won't be that much of a challenge. Like, he's underestimating mm-hmm. Sean's abilities, which is not a good idea. Um, but while the boys are distracted, Ewan is handed a file from another um, army person, and... It says, Monday DNR, there's a memo about his meeting with Feltz on Monday. Um, we, I don't know that we find this out here. Stark was killed before he was able to have that meeting. Um, so that's significant. Uh, he rips that page out and shreds it. And then we cut back to the Santa Barbara Police Department where Abigail is calling once again. Uh, she's being kind of clingy lately. Um, Gus says, it's not odd for your girlfriend to call you, dude. Also, you took her to a date at a dead guy's. Sean's like, oh my god, you're right, I'm an idiot. And he answers his phone. He offers that they shall have a date tonight at 8pm. And he will make it up to her. All is well, except for, um, there were no flags that came up in the personal effects of Tony Stark. Yeah. Lassiter tells the boys very condescendingly, oh, welcome, how nice of you to join us. And Sean's like, it is still morning. I don't know what you think is supposed to have happened by now. What, did this guy run a marathon? Yes, I did. And then sort of as an aside to Gus, he's just like, I didn't actually, it was a half. I think <laughs> I think that's what he says. I think he says just a half. And I was like, um, that's still 13 miles, you freak. <laughs> Sean and Gus were like, hey, dude, can you get us back on the base? He says, well, you know, it's not really like like a season pass to Disneyland or anything. It's like, that was a like special circumstance, you understand. Juliet stands or sit, is sitting down and she said, you know, thank you for your help. I appreciate you getting us on the base and getting us the files. Um, but right behind Juliet is the coffee maker. And there is a cup sitting next to the cup coffee maker that has a pineapple on it i missed that entirely (laughs) i'm so glad you caught it thoroughly cheated it was (laughs) it was so quick that i couldn't even pause it in time to see it oh yeah it's i mean i I did finally the fourth time pause it successfully but yeah it's there um (laughs) um 
Sean says, yes, well, my dreams have been particularly productive lately. And um, <clears throat> he's learned many new things. First of all, the howler monkey that wears the overalls and plays the glockenspiel is my inner child. And two, Stark signing out of work on Monday means something significant. While he's being all, um, you know, smart about things, he uh, sees that there is a page missing on that file. You know, the one that Ewan took and shredded. Um, and he's like, dude, and he pulls Gus aside. Somebody tampered with the file. Isn't that kind of weird? Because Captain America was all gung-ho yesterday getting us on the base like it was nothing. And now he's no longer interested and thinks it smells like suicide. Which is a part we skip briefly, but we don't. It, it, that's what he said. They're going to have to do it themselves. They're going to have to sneak onto the base under the radar. Gus is like, under the radar? Yeah, they get very excited. I just wrote, don't do that. <laughs> don't try to visit Area 51. Don't try to get on a, on a secure military base or installation. Don't try it because they can shoot you. And will shoot it's you. It's a security risk. Like, it's ridiculous. You might be apprehended if you're lucky. Just, just Which don't. Sean and Gus were, because Sean <laughs> didn't realize that they had actual radars. On the bright side, we are in a Humvee. Uh... Feltz is yelling. He says, I don't know what you think this is, but I do not tolerate this kind of idiocy on my base. <laughs> Sean says he's there to talk to him. I have two words for you. Army psychic. I'm giving you the first shot before I pitch it to CBS as a television idea. Which is another dig at the mentalist, which was on CBS at this time. Gus apologizes. I respect all branches of the military service. Sean says, yeah, except the Coast Guard. I mean, did you see the Guardian? Which Dulé Hill. Hill was in. <laughs> Major General's like, there will be consequences. And uh, Gus, Gus goes, Sean, he's going to come back with a bar of soap wrapped in the towel. Would you calm down? There is no way we are getting D'Onofrio'd. So this and is then, another full metal jacket. <laughs> okay. Sean sees Ewan back in the base talking to another private. And then we're back at SBPD. I wrote something. Can you tell me what this means? <clears throat> Stapleheads. <laughs> Sean and Gus are whispering in front of Lassiter. And Lassiter goes, you better talk because I'm in the mood to staple heads. Oh, <laughs> I, out of context, just me writing Lassiter, staple heads. <laughs> um, Sean wants Gus to say it, and Gus says, it's your psychic vision. And Sean finally says, <clears throat> we were just wondering, isn't it kind of weird? Like, I mean, do you know where Ewan was last night? His job, it's so mysterious. Also, do we know anything about his past? And um, so... Gus is like, yeah, and he just sort of breezes in and out of um, town and on the base, and now he's not going to help. Sean, nope. Lassiter is like, what? Do you think Ewan is involved? And they all go, shh, 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 shh don't say that that loud. But yes, Sean is I think like, he might be a murderer. Yeah, Sean's like, maybe. And then all of a sudden, Juliet is behind him, silently face acting her very real rage. She's mad. 
How dare you accuse my brother of murder? I'm not accusing. It's just a, a psychic hunch thing. Gus goes, I would also like to remind you that you both pressed charges against my parents last Christmas. Yeah, charged my parents with murder. (laughs) I just wrote, Juliet throws some serious family shade at Sean. Because he's always arguing with his dad. And does he ever actually see his mom? And um, he just doesn't get it because he's not used to seeing a healthy, loving family dynamic. Lassiter, face acting, just backs down. He takes a step back. His face gets all like, girl. Like, oof. Um, Juliet says that he's just jealous of Ewan. She also said, like, besides his war hero status, what else has keyed up your suspicions about my brother? And Sean says, I don't know. Maybe he has that arsenal in his pants, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Lasseter kind of cuts in and he's like, well, how about this Feltz guy? Maybe we should talk to him. Yeah, a more viable suspect, he says. <laughs> Cut to Feltz, be like, here I am. Lassiter sends Sean and Gus home, or Juliet says sends them home, but they stay. And Juliet says she was only expecting Feltz to call. They go into the conference room and instantly... Once again, at this point, Kaylee's mic cut out, and there is no way to know if she said anything important. Standing like the signers of the declaration. He says the wrong number of signers. It's like a whole thing. This country was built from a standing position. I'm good. I can't. I can't beef him for that. I stand all the way through church. I don't sit down at all anymore. Do you stand in the back? I do. I do. There's actually tables back there. Like, so there's a literal place for people to stand. And I do because that's an hour of sitting that I don't really need to do. So I stand instead. You've turned into a freak. You are now Chris Traeger. This is who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is a courtesy that Major General has come down here to talk to them. But if they want to start turning this into an investigation, they better get ready to torture him. Yeah, he says interrogation, and when he says something about, like, the very specific type of torture he's talking about, Lasseter's smile is everything to me. He's like, oh, what I wouldn't give. Lasseter's like, I will be back to that base with warrants. A stack of them! Um, Juliet grumps at Sean some more. Sean says, oh, let's get Ewan back to the base. I mean, at the very least, I'll be able to read him um, if I'm near him. And, you know, what are you afraid of? That I'm gonna gonna be right? That my hunch will pay off? And Juliet's like, that's where you're wrong. You're just gonna, you know, prove it to yourself or something. And I was like... That's exactly how you're gonna prove yourself wrong. That's exactly what Sean wanted. You're mm-hmm. still doing what he wants. So, Sean, Ewan, Juliet, and Gus are all at the base. And Gus asks Ewan how many people he's killed. Was it Gus? I thought it was Sean. Sean asks you and how many people he killed. Because it's so, like, not a thing you ask, bro. I feel no. like Gus wouldn't do that. <laughs> and then uh, Ewan's response was, I hope you never have to find out. Just, I mean, dead face. Well, because Juliet's like, what the heck? And Sean's like, it's a valid question. I mean, between the four of us, he definitely has done it. And I'm not counting Gus's maybe accidental murdering of someone. Like, I don't know what that's a reference to exactly. 
Girl. Sean starts playing with something, and we find out that it's an anti-tank weapon, and it is uh, facing at him. Sean says, um, okay, so this guy, who they're talking to now, used to work in the motor pool with Stark. But you had already knew that. Well, the guy says, yeah, no, that's accurate, but you knew that, looking right at Ewan. And Jules goes, how do you know that? And Ewan's like, well, there are limited job options on a base, and deductive reasoning, like... Sean sees the work logs on the guy's clipboard and he notices that there's inconsistent signatures so he grabs it from the guy and he's like I sense that Private Stark has touched this they figured out that Stark had taken a spot for another guy so he could go visit his girl Um, and it's not that big of a deal they watch supplies come in and then they watch them get picked up that's pretty much kind of a big deal you can't like leave base when you're not allowed to leave base yeah. that's it's a pretty big be- deal like <laughs> ewan gets a call it's creepy boss man again and he wants this wrapped up sean says we need to be on base at night and figure out what happened the next very next scene is not them on base but it's in fact a sean and abigail cuddling because remember, he's making it up to her at their 8 o'clock date. And then he looks at his watch. I wrote ew over all of this. I don't I don't need to be privy to an intimate moment. I don't... I'm the weirdest person at scenes like this in movies and television. I'm like, it's private. I shouldn't be watching. Okay, well, we can get past it. We can pass over most of it. But I do want to say that there is another pineapple sitting behind abigail it's a potted plant and the leaves are coming out the back the top of it to make it look like a pineapple but the actual top of the pot is sitting next to it i mentioned (laughs) two pineapples in this episode um long story short abigail gets mad um sean is like well it's it's my work and it's a thing that i have to do and i have to do it and it has nothing to do with our relationship and he's like putting on his pants at this point She's like, just listen to me, just listen to me, and finally screams, I'm going to Uganda. The city? The country, Sean. Well, are you having an affair with Kamala? Kamala the wrestler? No, he's not from Uganda, he's from Mississippi. Also, his name is Jim Harris, and Sean is charmed and loves that she knows that. She leaves in two days for six months, maybe longer. Six months? Maybe longer? She says she gets to build and design a school and do awesome teaching stuff and teach kids who are just dying to learn. So they decide that they're going to have the conversation that they would have had had Abigail told them earlier, which is Sean would have asked her not to go. And Abigail would very rightly say that is unfair. She's waited six years for this opportunity. And then Abigail would have asked him to go with her. Well, that's not fair. My business, my Gus... What am I going to do in Uganda? So where does that leave us? Now that's a fair question. And that is the end of that scene. What? I go back and forth um, between calling you an E and calling you an W. Which I think makes sense because they're right next to one another on a keyboard. And also because you uh-huh. in it sounds W in my brain. Um, but yeah. So Sean, Gus, and W-U-N are in, quote, dope army costumes. They're uniforms. And they're staring at this truck, and uh, it's not going to Uganda. Sean keeps doing this, where Gus is like, 
where's the truck going, do you think? Sean's like, any chance it's Uganda? And Gus is like, are you okay? No, guys, he's not okay. They ask Ewan what he would do in this situation, and Ewan said, I would take them out. Sean is like, oh my gosh, that is genius. Gus, do you still have the number of the guy that can get us tickets to Monday Night Raw? Big Easter egg. Because at this point, the WWE, which I think we mentioned last episode, was on the USA Network. And because of this crossover, the boys actually hosted Monday Night Raw. Yep. What? That's yep. so cool. Um, so I this is the second time we've had a WWE wrestler in the episode. The first one was in the uh, Derby episode, the, the Roller Derby episode. And we get another one. Like, I think in the next episode. So, heads oh, up, really? everyone. Here we go. It's, um, I, I know who it is. It's the the Wiz or oh. the the kid or the kid, the something. I don't know. We'll find out together. Yeah. This will be fun. We'll find out very soon. Sean is like, yeah, I do. But Sean, that's not what he meant. And You mean you would kill them? Gus is like, in my defense, and not Gus, Ewan goes, in my defense, I'm usually dealing with the enemy in situations like this, but this time I'm not. So what are we going to do instead? Shove Gus. A diversion. <laughs> Sergeant comes up yelling at Gus. What Who are you made doing this out? noise when he got pushed? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing out past curfew? Time to do push-ups. Do you want to be here, son? Gus says yes. Which... No, he says, I don't know. I'm not too sure. And she goes, I will ask you that again. Do you want to be here? I do, sir. I do. I don't like anything about this. <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. Which is another, which is a, a reference. full, an officer and a gentleman with Richard right. Gere. Um, and then the guy walks away. Gus jumps up and runs to the truck that Sean and Ewan are already sitting pretty on. And um, Sean compliments Gus on his an officer and a gentleman moment. You know Lou Gossett was like my pretend dad after that movie. And Ewan says, yeah, I loved him in Enemy Mine. He actually said, I felt the same way after Enemy Mine. I don't know what that movie is or who this man is. I'm thinking that in Enemy Mine, Lou Gossett was a crazy person. Um, but I really don't know. But he, you know, he's his pretend dad. Like, <laughs> in what world is William Shatner John Cena's dad? So <laughs> That's a very good point. They get off the truck. So this truck takes them to an airplane hangar. Yeah, and they hide behind the plane. This wrote Sneaky Boys. Um, and then we see the young guy from way earlier in this episode, who I guess his name is Wallach. And, oh my god, he's the bad guy. <laughs> he's meeting with these two gentlemen who have a private plane, and he's very obviously selling weapons. Off of the base. Just like, from the airplane space on the base? What is happening? How did these fools get onto the base? There's literal radar. What is happening? Are they off-based? Is that where the truck went? We need explanations. Yeah, it's a little bit unclear. I'm assuming so, but I really don't know. We get a little recap, which was that um, when Stark sat in for his buddy who went to see his woman, 
He noticed the sketchy stuff going on, and he reported it to Wallach, who was the exact wrong person to report it to, because Wallach was part of the mastermind, and he was going to go tell Major General, but he was killed before that meeting. So then they're, like, spotted, and they're getting shot at, and Sean is like, duck, because they're trying to hide still, but... Ewan can't duck behind this very tiny plane he's beside because he's a very large person. And Sean is like, I have never met a man who was so big he couldn't hide behind a plane. Gunfire. Ewan throws the boys to the ground. Wallach grabs the money and runs. (laughs) Ewan starts firing back. The bad guys get into a car. Ewan follows them out on an army vehicle that uh, then the boys hop into and go with. So we're back in um Feltz's office and i just wrote blah blah weapons smuggling blah 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 sean apologizes to juliet like very sincerely but no not for that i looked it up eve plum did do three episodes of the love boat playing three completely different characters is that jan brady i have no idea okay while i look that up juliet's face acting juliet is just like so perturbed at his fake apology, but then Sean does actually apologize for accusing Ewan. And uh, instead of just saying, okay, Juliet goes, it's not that easy this time. Major General starts... It, it was Jan Brady. That is Jan Brady? Come <laughs> <laughs> me. Sure, Jan. Love it. Major General starts thanking Sean and Gee Buttersnaps for catching him. <laughs> Sean sees that Ewan is leaving the room kind of like on the down low while Felt starts ordering people to lock down the base to like make sure that like if anyone's left on it like they're caught so that's what made me think like we're still on the base during all of this that's ridiculous yeah because we start Operation Manhunt although Sean would like to suggest some other names because that's a little on the nose um so Sean follows Ewan and thanks him and makes some weird Xerox administrative work jokes, but says that Gus is great at those things. We find out that Ewan is leaving. He has a flight to catch at 0430. And it wouldn't happen to be to Uganda, would it? No. Um, Feltz is a good guy, just a little weird. Sean is like, I guess if I hadn't watched The Great Santini so many times, I would have you know, thought outside the box on that a little bit more because I really did think that Feltz could have been it. And then they just that's when we get, this moment. Yeah, that's when we get to the whole, you know, Feltz could have found out a lot sooner if, and then Sean starts having all of these flashbacks to things that Ewan said and did um, throughout the course of the episode, including yeah. the fact that he was very obviously trying to push Sean and the police towards believing that this was an 1144. So while Sean is psyching out, Ewan just leaves, which if I was him and a guy started having a psychic freak out and I knew that I had done some stuff, I'd run away too. Yeah. Gus comes out and Sean <laughs> is like, dude, I was right all along. We need to follow Ewan. And Juliet sees them going and is like, what is, what are they doing? So she and Lassiter follow them. But only after Lassiter does some very solid face acting. suddenly we're at the docks they come up in the blueberry and we see ewan and wallach and ewan has him at gunpoint sean is like you 
tried so hard to slow us down. I know everything now. And Ewan is like, look, we each have a job to do. Just, you know, take it at that. I just wrote, we're both impressive resumes, blah, blah. Sean, Sean's like, suffice to say, we both have very impressive fem- resumes. Let's just talk, okay? Man to much smaller, less fit man. Ewan's like, my orders are the reason, following orders is the reason that I'm alive. And so how about you just leave here and pretend we knit this never happened? And Ewan says, like, at the, bo- the bottom line is that Wallach broke a code. And um, Sean is like, look, he can still get justice. We can get the arrest. Lassie will put the cuffs on too tight. Juliet will get the collar. And Ewan cocks his gun. Ewan's like, um, Ewan does make another comment somewhere somewhere here where he's like, listen, Sean, Juliet likes you. That's a big deal. I like you. That's a big deal. Get out of here. And um, Sean's like, like, yeah, go forget it. You even saw this. Like, you can just do that. You can just move on. This isn't your problem. Juliet, it is her problem where she shows up with her gun pointed at Ewan. And Ewan's like, girl, you're not going to shoot me. Lester's like, but I will. Juliet figured it out. He has been protecting the army from some bad publicity. And then there's a very, very, like, tender moment where Juliet's like, you're the reason I became a cop. And so now I have to do my job. You inspired me and believed in me and you're not above the law. She starts reading him his rights. And then she's the one who cuffs him. All the while, Sean and Gus are doing amazing face acting. At some point, Gus also freaked out about, like, number one, Ewan was going to kill this guy. And number two, he never knew his name. You never even knew who I was. (laughs) And Sean's like, for the record, I really hate that I was right. Me too. At the Santa Barbara Police Department... Juliet and Lassiter are standing outside watching the prison transport. Yeah, they're loading up prisoners now. And Lassiter's like, look, I know this is really hard for you. And it's not that I don't have family that I'd love to see you go to prison. But I know that your situation is different. They're finished up and Ewan's not there. They ask the guard about um, it. They ask the guard. Um, yeah, no, there's no Ewan O'Hara on my records. More beautiful face acting where they just look like really yeah. Con- Fused and like angry yeah. and like disappointed but not surprised like there's a cover-up happening and he's a secret agent he's jason Bourne. now he's in the wind <laughs> at the airport for our final scene i hate this i hate that this is our final scene abigail's like are you gonna come visit maybe i'm not really sure about the whole bathroom situation and i'm very particular about that don't even let me tell you about the toilet paper abigail says she'll be thinking about him a lot And so will he. It's a very, very tender moment that ends with, okay, so when are you going to be back? I'll be back for a little bit, February 24th. Foreshadowing, 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 foreshadowing. They have a very, very passionate goodbye kiss. She walks away, and Sean almost cries. And that's the end of the episode. I'm very triggered by, like, airport goodbyes. That's fair. (laughs) Ugh, hate that. I forgot that that happened so early this season. Like, we are, I well, we're over halfway through this season. Mm-hmm. But, like, I knew, I knew that she left. I just couldn't remember when. Yeah. 
yeah, but she comes back um, on February 24th, which is... Was the original air date? I believe it was the air date of the episode when she actually comes back. Which I'm certain was wrote very specifically because we have a whole bunch more guest stars that episode. But the face acting, Kaylee. So much. Constant. Like, I, I... You definitely... If you have to take notes during this episode at any point, you definitely have to watch it twice because that is the only way to get the full impact of all the face acting is to just be able to sit down and watch all of it happen and not have to pause and take notes every five seconds. Although we had uh, John Cena and Robert pa- Robert Patrick, was that his name? Yes. We did not have a Henry. We did not have a Buzz. We did not have a Chief Vic. Where the heck is Chief Vic? I, I still don't know where Chief Vic is. It's been like four episodes At now. least. We, I don't, did we ever establish when the last time we saw her was? Was it episode three? Well, now I don't, I don't remember. Either. But that we didn't talk about it before. <laughs> you know how much stuff happens in a week? Um, you know how, epi- how many episodes <laughs> of Psych I have edited? Or um, of Psych. How many episodes of To the Blueberry I have edited and watched since <laughs> since we last recorded? Um, We're going to get some time here during our sort of mid-season break. Yeah. To, like, recoup and just, like, get our feet under us. <laughs> but, like, oh my gosh. We're, uh, we're what you might call behind. <laughs> <laughs> you, we're what you might call, um... Yeah. Struggling. <laughs> but, I was gonna say slacking. We have, we, Struggling's a much better word. I'm so tired. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be fine. Yeah, but in general, it is a good episode. It pushes. It, it's a very much a plot pusher episode, which I appreciate. Um, the yeah. one thing that I like would like to go back and talk about for just a moment is when Juliet said, it's not going to work this time. And Oh, yeah, this time it's not enough. Yeah, recognizing that this episode is happening right after the I told Juliet I loved her, but I was actually talking to Abigail. Ooh. Do you think there's more going on there? She has to create boundaries for herself because she keeps getting hurt by the, by, by the, by the feelings. Mm -hmm. There are feelings. They're real. (laughs) And she's like, she's like, look, I'm accepting the reality. And she likes Abigail. Nobody has any reason not to like Abigail, but like, damn. Yeah. That, when I heard, when I saw that, I was like, oh, right on the curtails there. Like, oh, that's a whole moment. But that was the only thing I wanted to explore a little bit more. Hopefully we get Chief Vic back soon. Hopefully we get some more Henry in our lives moving forward. <laughs> yeah, just like that little moment in the flashback. That's nothing. Yeah. That's a blip. Don't love it. Okay, but um, what else we have to talk about? Do we have anything else to talk about? No. WWE... Military movies, Sean and Juliet. I'm good. I think that's it. I am Alexis. I was wrong. I mean, I was right. I mean, I was right, then I was wrong. But now I'm right again. And I'm Kaylee. Gus, please, let's focus. Your pettiness ions are interfering with my psychic ions, creating recepto non grata interfero bupkis. Bupkis. (laughs) 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 And this has been... To to the the blueberry. Blueberry! Psych out.